Hello, friends. My name is Dave Miller. And I'm Niall Spang. And I'm Brianna Rader. And we're your fuck buddies. We are a dating and sex advice podcast where we take your sticky, sexy situations and we turn them into sexy, sticky situations. Simply put, we find questions online about sex dating or sent in from our lovely listeners and we answer them for you. And this week, you may have noticed a, a new voice. We have a very, very exciting guest. I would say, and I don't want to like throw the rest of our guests under the bus, but perhaps <laughs> one of the coolest guests we've had on? Brianna Raider, you have invented a thing called Slutbot. And it has been talked about in the New York Times and Cosmo and uh, Mashable. And I want to talk about it because it it blows my mind and it's one of the coolest things I've ever heard of. So can you tell me what Slutbot is? Yeah. So I'm the creator of Slutbot and also a sex educator. And that's what led me to creating Slutbot. And Slutbot is a virtual lover that you sext with. So it's a phone number over SMS that you text and you and Slutbot go back and forth. It's a basically like interactive erotica, but it's from first person. So it's like a point of view erotic story. And Slutbot is meant to be a role model. So hopefully you get inspiration for your sex life or new ideas for your sexting and just get ex- exciting new ideas, basically. Is it one of those things that like, I guess my first question when I heard about this is what is the possibility or likelihood that it will gain sentience and take us over in the sexiest way possible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the technology behind Slutbot uses natural language understanding, which is different from just free form AI. So what we do actually is we come up with the theme for the story, and then we hand it off to an erotic fiction writer. She writes the narrative and then we hand it off to our engineers to build in the intelligence basically so let's say slutbot asks you do you want me to go slower or faster and then we have built various responses for what we predict most people will write but Mm -hmm. if you write something like let's ride a dinosaur to the ice cream store that has (laughs) nothing to do with the topic we're talking about so Slutbot isn't going to understand that. So it doesn't have the intelligence of a human to respond like, what are you talking about? We can't go get ice cream. So it's going to utter one of the maybe like 10 responses that we've written for that point, And it might not make sense. And we are a long way off from any kind of professional AI and sentience. I mean, if anyone who has a Google Home or an Alexa knows that those are the best engineers in the world working on AI. And if they can't even understand the song you want to play on Spotify, <laughs> we're a far way off. Okay. Then my fears have been assuaged. I am, I'm much more comfortable with Slutbot existing now. It is, I've, I've talked to this, uh, a bunch of people about it. And every time I've mentioned it, people have been like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Um, is that widely sort of the, the reaction when you talk about Slutbot, are people as, as hyped as as me and, and my friends have been? <laughs> when I tell people about it, it's pretty much universal curiosity. I mm-hmm. think everyone wants to learn more. Uh, no one thinks it's stupid. <laughs> I think some people might be a little intimidated at first, like, what do I write? But the mm-hmm. idea is that Slutbot guides the conversation. So they're, Slutbot's supposed to be like, your most experienced, most knowledgeable, like friend that you want to hook up with just because you want to learn their ways. Like that's kind of the vibe we're going for. Not something that's like overly teacher focused. Like it's meant to be like fun and erotic first. And then we sneak the wellness and education in. Yeah. I tried it uh, earlier actually. And when I messed it, I was like, this is like a little weird. And it's like, you almost do get that. Like I remember the first sexting adventure i was ever on which was like i was 13 or something i met a girl at a slipknot concert and like (laughs) was messaging her at home and the scary part was she was using her dad's phone because she ran out of credit and i was like this is gonna go so poorly because she's gonna forget to delete the messages or i'll message her like later or something but like almost had that like nervousness because like i feel like sexting is a little intimidating if you're not like doing it all the like all that regularly because like it does feel a little ridiculous in a sense, or like at least it's something you're not that used to. And I felt that. And then like, as you go in, it does kind of like ease you in quite nicely. And it is 
one, it, it makes you comfortable. Two, I think it's actually really good practice if you are ever nervous with regards to uh, sexting at all. And like on the third hand, it is good that there are kind of generic responses because like it means if you are sexting and like you get to it, you know, it like a real person says something you're not really sure what to do with. Even if they are a little bit generic, the responses all really make sense. So it's like you could just throw one in there and it'll work. <laughs> yeah. And if you if you signed up and tried it out, the very first experience you probably went through, it introduces Slutbot as if it's a person you already know. And Slutbot starts talking about what happened last night. And so it mm-hmm. feels like a real life sexting experience. But then we release new stories every single week. And those are various fantasies. So we've done ones where you and Slutbot go on a trip and you're on the airplane and then a sexy flight attendant approaches you about going to first class and you have like join the Mile High Club. But we've done other ones that are more fantasy based, like you enter a magical portal and you meet a talking fawn and then you go to an orgy with fairies. So it really is very... (laughs) like all over the spectrum for everyone's interests. And we are inclusive of everyone's gender and sexuality. So Slutbot can be gay, straight, a woman, man, non-binary, et cetera. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I also know I was reading through, I think there was, there's a yoga one as well. Yeah, um, definitely. I saw an interview with someone who, or not an interview, I think it was a write-up where they basically talked about that. And interestingly, one of their favorite parts about it was the fact that Slutbot like reacts very well to consent. Like there are moments where Slutbot like asks you like, Oh, can I do this? And whatever. And it's like, if you say no, it will, you know, it obviously it's programmed well, but it's like, they thought that was one, a really refreshing experience and two, just like super positive and a good lesson, you know? Yeah, no. And I think what people don't realize is that, it is consent focused, but also it's sexy for someone to verbally say what they're about to do to you. Like that's uh-huh. what dirty talk is. I think people yeah. think dirty talk is something they don't really understand, like has a lot of mystery and really all it is is consent. Like, that's it's the thing. Sick. It's like a lot of people I think find consent intimidating. Like they don't want to like take away from the like, you know, sexy momentum and and find it awkward sometimes to to like implicitly ask and like slip on, I think is a really good example of how you can very much like ask and have it still be like framed in a sexy way. So I think that's cool. Yeah. Dirty talk is such a funny thing that like people, I think automatically assume dirty talk has to be crass or -hmm. like crude. So you have people who will start using words that like never want to do. I remember being with a woman once uh, and and she was like, I, I would like to, you know, like, like talk a little dirty during sex. I was like, yeah, for sure. But I don't think she really realized that it, it as you said, it, it is a lot of just sort of like what you're doing or what you would like to do or finding permission to do either one of those things. But she was just being like, I want you to fuck my pussy. And I was just like, you're not those are words that are not comfortable coming out of your mouth so you don't have to say them so it's fun that this is a a way of one teaching people that sexting is is very much like a an erotic novel and that's kind of the, the point of it not just like i want to fuck you um as we have a question that deals with that later um and, and a little bit more about like you know building the world around it and, and and you know not just going right to you know i can't wait to have you naked so we can have sex it's like, that's not sexting. Or it's not good sexting. Yeah. Well, it's like actual good sex, right? You don't just jump to like the end. There's a, such a thing called foreplay. So I think, you know, it's pretty much the same concept, right? Yeah. And there's there's tons of tips for how to sext and how to dirty talk. But there's actually Dan Savage made a formula for how to create a sext or how to create a phrase when you're talking in bed and it really is only three parts and you kind of already covered it but the first part is you just explain what you are about to do so an example of this is i would love to kiss your neck the second way to do it is describe what you are doing or what it feels like and so an example of this is it feels so good how you're grabbing my hip and then the third example is past tense you describe what you just did 
So an example is, I loved the way your leg shook under me. And that's all there is to it. Those are the three ways to write a sex. And you can just follow that formula or like write it down. And when you get nervous, refer to it. So where did the idea come from? Like what, what was your eureka moment? What, what led to all this? The background story is that I grew up in East Tennessee and I had a pretty conservative upbringing, the school system really conservative, no sex education was allowed at all, meaning they couldn't even mention condoms. It was abstinence only approach. And mm. by the you know, it's illegal, like teachers will get fined if they talk about other stuff. So that was my context and I identify as bisexual. And so growing up, queer, I think I questioned a little bit more. And so while I was in college, and I went to the University of Tennessee, given that it was a public university, a lot of the students came from similar backgrounds that I did. And I saw it being a huge problem while I was in college. So I started a local nonprofit to provide sex education to college students. So these are adults. So it was inclusive of different genders, different sexualities, and pleasure. So we talked about safety, but we also talked about pleasure and consent and communication. And so given the political environment, it was very controversial, and the state government actually got involved. So they passed a bill through the state House and Senate legally condemning me and the organization. Jesus. And then the state defunded our public funding. And we had to privately fundraise it all back. And it basically exploded into this like sensationalized story. So I ended up on the Bill O'Reilly show on Fox News. And for like, mm -hmm. two weeks, it just took over my life and like was all over the news stations. And the organization still exists today. And it, it did great. But the point is that I learned a ton from that experience and how politicized just having access to information is. So from that, I think it made me feel like this really is my calling. And so I ended up going to grad school. I got my master's. I thought I was going to work in sex education and public health. But I quickly realized that the public sectors are very slow and not the great places to work with this because there's a lot of red tape. You have to worry about parents, teachers, schools. And so I decided to switch to the private sector and that's how Slutbot was born. So I actually originally started a coaching business. So it was like sex therapy, coaching one-on-one, -on -one, all via an app, via mm -hmm. text. So to make it more accessible. And we treated a ton of different issues and concerns. But regardless of what people's issues were with sex, the bottom line was that no one could communicate. That was the universal issue. And so I felt like, what if I actually dropped coaching and just built a tool to address this fundamental issue that people don't know how to communicate about sex without shame? And so that's how Slutbot came about, because I knew most people would not, you know, download an app that's like, learn how to communicate like that's lame. So <laughs> I wanted to make it fun and erotic so people would keep coming back. And since it's text focused, it's all verbal. So you actually learn how to communicate. And it's meant to compete with our country's largest sex educator, which I believe is Pornhub. So it has to be hot and erotic to compete with the other forms of media that people are learning how to, you know, do sex from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just want to say, like, I, I rewind to the part where you uh, got condemned by the US government is one of the coolest fucking things. I'm sure it was very stressful for you at the time, <laughs> but that alone, like if that ever happens to us in any sort of, I feel like we would, I, I would be like, all right, we've done our job. Well, cause I feel like that is, is almost quintessentially like why uh, people like us do what we do because there, we notice that the status quo is not enough for what we would like the world to be. And that is generally like, safer and healthier and sexier and uh even in canada which has a pretty good sexual education system i mean it's getting rolled back now because we're all reverting in time for some reason but um mm -hmm. it is it's one of those things where it's like it's still not enough like when i was in school i didn't know what consent was like i obviously knew what it was but i didn't understand the concept of it or hear the word consent until i was like 
an adult already having sex. So the fact that the, like things like that are being glossed over is is a reason like why we do this show and and why you're doing what you're doing. So it's it's so cool to to have someone on here who's who's like actually, you know, sticking it to the man. So to speak. <laughs> fighting the good fight. Yeah. yeah, it's wild that that ever happened. It's so upsetting that that's the reality we live in. But I think it's really awesome that you, you know, just did more. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. No, I'm I'm very proud of it now. I want to actually get the official bill like framed. <laughs> you should. <laughs> but at the time, it definitely was stressful. I'm glad I live in San Francisco now. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. can't imagine what that must have felt like. I wow. do have to ask. Is Bill O'Reilly as terrible as he seems? Like <laughs> actually talking to the man, is it as infuriating as it seems? Well, I'll tell you this. I think I lowered my expectations extremely before the interview because I wanted to be ready for anything. Like I was mentally ready for him to call me like a pedophile on TV or something. Right. Like that. So the fact that he didn't, I think I was like, oh, that wasn't too bad. But I think it was because of that expectation setting. I do think that in the experience I had, it felt like he is a character. So when we when we were talking before we started filming, he seemed very even killed and kind and didn't say anything crazy. And then when the TV filming started, he turned it up a little bit. So Right. Yeah, as I feel like most people on Fox News are probably like, did he cut your mic off? Did he do anything crazy? Or or was it really just kind of like a a fairly even Bill O'Reilly segment? It was not that crazy. I'm like pretty level-headed, so I didn't get heated. So I think I might have been a little boring for him. He interrupted me a few times, but that was it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it okay. That's that's all. Once I heard you on Bill O'Reilly, it was like, oh, I gotta know. I do like that <laughs> you were like, well, he didn't call me a pedophile on national television, so that's a win. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty indicative right. of how Bill O'Reilly works. Right. <laughs> um, should we get into some questions? Are you ready to answer some questions with us? Definitely. All right. Now you want to start us off. Sure, we'll start. Uh, this is, you know, nothing too dramatic. This is by Addicted Depression on Seduction. Uh, how do I text girls? I, male, 21, used to get no girls. I was a virgin until I was 19, never had a girlfriend until I was 20. Now I'm getting really good with girls. I'm able to talk and basically approach any woman. There's a girl in my school who's into me and straight up told me I was attractive. She's even a model as a side gig. We hung out twice and made out both times. I told her I'm not really a texter, and she said, yeah, I noticed. Like, she was super mad about it. I'm not sure what to do. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I would say texting is not any different from any other form of communication. And also, more and more, especially with the younger age group, texting is where most conversations, unfortunately, happen now, instead of maybe always in person. And so it's important to be super clear and communicative over text. So I'm also like, I'm not a fan of like the short text responses or the text without smiley faces and emojis. Cause you want to make sure the recipient understands your tone. So mm -hmm. I would say it's like quite a bit of work. You need to write full sentences. You need to explain what you're thinking. You need to use emojis. You need to make sure that there's no chance that the person on the other side doesn't understand what you're saying. Now, I think it's also fair for him to say, hey, I actually don't really enjoy texting. I'd prefer to hang out in person more or something like that. But I just think they need to be on the same page. Yeah, I think it's definitely fair to not be like a big texter, you know, because some people, they don't like to text all the time. Other people, you know, I am definitely guilty of this. I can multitask and just text while I'm doing whatever, you know, and I'm very chatty. Um, but you raise a great point where it's like texting isn't, like it's not an alien concept by any means. I'm sure this guy texts his friends and his family probably quite, quite often every goddamn day. So it's like, I think part of the issue here might be that he's looking at texting a girl as being something different. You know what I mean? Like it's not just communication. It's not just chatting. It has to be either one sexy or two more complicated, which, you know, it doesn't always have to be sexy. And if it does, you got Slutbot to teach you there. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's not sexy, just chat like you're chatting to other people. Like text, as you said, it's just communication. I think the fear is also 
with with dudes specifically looking for you said this is from seduction which is if you're not familiar rihanna <laughs> it is uh like the pickup artist section of subreddit or, or reddit yeah it's it's a nightmare oh, i've heard of this yeah um i mean frankly i don't enjoy the question at all the question <laughs> could be how should i text people yeah, exactly. Well, no, it's this is like unfortunately this is some of the best content, like the most positive you'll get out of seduction. <laughs> well, that's like, kind of my point is I think this person is concerned specifically that engaging in text conversations with women implies that he has, you know, feelings or or you know, want something more serious than just sex or whatever he might be looking for, or it might reveal that like there is a actual living, breathing human person on the mm. other end of it, as opposed to, you know, alpha male, I get to, I, I pick up, I'm not a virgin anymore, college guy. And I think that the, like, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting off this as well, where he's not necessarily not a texter. He's just not a texter of women because he's concerned that it will imply that he wants something more than a booty call. Mm. Or he'll let down his tough guy alpha facade. Yeah, oh, right. I, the, the more you talk, the the more chances there are of revealing any sort of personality to someone. And heaven forbid that happens. <laughs> also, you can't do Batman voice over text. <laughs> Two of my like pet peeves for sexting or texting in general is that one, it's really problematic for lag time to be used to manipulate. So if you're in a text conversation and you have to go for hours and hours, it's not cool to play games. You need to be transparent and you need to say like, hey, I got to work, like talk to you later. So the Mm -hmm. person got left on the other line, spiraling and insecure. My second piece is related. I think it's really problematic to be coy in dating. I think we're taught growing up that it's sexy to be coy and it's okay to play it cool and hang back, but to withhold feelings just to manifest mystery is really manipulative. And all it is is fostering confusion. It's not healthy. Mm -hmm. So the idea of like, Oh, I'm going to text less to like make her think I'm hard to get or something like that. That's all like super messed up. Yeah. Well, you say it on the podcast a lot, like any games like that, it's awful. You know what I mean? No matter who's doing it and why, it's like, be straight up. And it's like, there's not going to be a downside. If you're worried that someone's going to not like you because you're giving genuine interest, then you don't want to be with that person. You know what I mean? Like hiding your interest and faking all this bullshit just to like get a workaround to to what you actually want is, is insanity. So we always advocate for like communication and like playing things straight, which, you know, this person clearly doesn't seem like they're doing. Well, I guess like, just hardcore advice is just like fucking they're people, you know what I mean? Like we've said this a million times, just talk to them, talk to the girl you're texting. Like they're a person, like they're your friend, you know what I mean? Cause they are a fucking person and there's no like alternate magical approach for women. It's just people. And it feels ridiculous to have to say this all the time, but like, that's the bare fact of the matter. As you stated, Brianna, it, it's communication and you know, you can do it in person so you can do it over text. And if you're worried about the sexy stuff, slut bot. Also, it's 2021. Let's get over the idea that's like texting is non-negotiable. Whether you're a big texter or not, it doesn't matter. You do, if you want to maintain any sort of relationship or like if you want to be any sort of successful in dating, you're going to have to like text every now and then. You don't have to text 24-7 or every time your phone bings to run to it, but you do need to understand that this is an age of instant gratification and instant messaging. If you're just going to be like, I'm not going to text anyone, then it's probably going to be very difficult for you. 100%. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> you might have to accept it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't. I don't think, again, you don't have to like run to your phone every time it, it, it pings off, but uh, a simple like text every now and then isn't going to kill you. And if it is going to kill you, then maybe consider not dating for a while and get your priorities, do whatever you need to do before, you know, realizing that 30 seconds out of your, you know, hour to send or respond to a text. If that's, if that's too much for you to handle, then you probably aren't ready for any sort of meaningful relationship. Uh, All right. This is from agent riverbed. This was sent into us on Instagram. 
My boyfriend travels a lot for work, and I've tried to initiate sexting as a way to remain intimate with him while he's away. However, he's really, really bad at it. If I ask him what he would do if he was with me, it's usually along the lines of, I would fuck you. I try to go more of a response from him with a how or a where, but it's usually met with something uninspired like hard or on the bed. How can I get my boyfriend to put more effort or be more creative when we sext? <laughs> yeah, it is hard to learn how to sext. I understand why this guy might be struggling with it because we aren't taught. Like sex is one of the few things in life that we don't have role models for because the topic is inherently private. So it is. it makes sense that he feels like he might need examples or role models to learn. I mean... He can literally copy and paste Slutbot's text. I don't mind at all. <laughs> but I think the most important thing for sexting is be really detailed, as detailed as possible. So a lot of adjectives. I think that people, if she wants to maybe prompt, she said, what would you do if we were together or something like that? I think yeah. that's a great start. And she could probably like try to prompt a little bit more or she could try sexting first. So that is like one of my main tips is that a lot of people kind of demand in relationships, like send me a nude, send me a sex, blah, blah, blah. And actually the best way to build trust and grow that is for you to share first. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if she could send him a text that's something like, I was at work thinking about you. I was thinking about how much I want to undress you. I'm remembering that shirt you wore last weekend. It was blue with these buttons. You wore it on our last date. It would feel amazing to slowly pull it off of you, blah, 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 blah. And you just need to like slowly build up because that's going to be way more titillating. Specificity and things on kind of like the micro level are definitely more important because like, I want to fuck you hard on the bed as your entire approach is just so bland and like removed from the entire process as opposed to like, you know, that's not what would happen. You would start undressing or kissing or, you know, in the living room and maybe you'd end up in the bed or maybe vice versa, you know? So I think like really like nailing it down to like, instead of like, what would you do if we were at home? It's like, you know, I lying on the couch and, you know, I'm in my pajamas or that sexy nighty that you like, or, you know what I mean? Like the more specificity you provide, it gives them kind of more of a feel to play with. I would also like to mention that this man is traveling and consider when you're sending these sex, uh, <laughs> because he might be at the airport or in a meeting or on his, you know what I mean? Like there might be a time where it's not a time conducive to sexy time and his focus is elsewhere. So he might be sending these sort of half-hearted messages as a means to not leave you hanging or, or, or not make you feel like it's unwanted, but he is like in the middle of a, a, a board meeting or some, you know, something going on. So I think, also specifying like a time to do this, not necessarily, you know, schedule it in your calendars of being like, oh, six thirty, it's sexting time, but be like, hey, when you're home and, and back at the hotel, send me a message and you know, we we can chat for a bit. And that way you know that his attention is hundred percent on the matter. And if it is still a, as bad as you're describing, then we can move into what Niall and Brianna are talking about. Um, but it is also important and this is like a thing that I'm guilty of is I work nights, which means I am around during the day. So if I ever send a sexy message to someone during the day, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're like at your office right now and might not be the sexiest environment to get whatever I'm sending you. And I've and I've had people I remember doing it like on a Sunday and someone was just like, I didn't know what they were up to. And they were just like, hey, I'm at a funeral right now. So now's not a great time. I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I agree. I think it's important to be on the same page and kind of get permission. It's going to make it more fun. So yeah, be aware of time difference <laughs> schedules. Yeah. And, and like now and Brianna are talking about, um, also mentioned that you want to sext because if you, if you are saying, Oh, I came up with the idea of sexting as a way to stay intimate. If you haven't also broached the subject with your partner, they might be fucking clueless. And that yeah. is, a common thing with people is they just might not know this is something that matters to you and something that you are actively trying to do for the reasons that you're trying to do it. So if you say, Oh, Hey, when you're gone on your trips for work, 
I really miss you. And I really miss, you know, being sexy with you and, and being intimate with you while you're away. Do you mind if we sext? And mm-hmm. as another means to sort of be like, Hey, this is important to me. Can you give me a little bit more than one word or two word answers? Well, I think that's important. Like communication is key. It's like, if they say, what do you want? Like, what would you do to me? Fuck. No, but like where? Bed. You know what I mean? It's like, you could be like, Hey, you know, you wouldn't just start there. Like, give me more. Like, tell me how you would, you know, explain the floor, foreplay, the floor play, explain the foreplay to me. Um, you know, you can ask for what you want. The communication is key. We say it all the time. The, yeah, the best way to learn, though, I think, is through example. So if, if she hasn't done the work to send the kind of sex that she wants to receive to mm-hmm. him, then I think it's an unfair ask. So yeah. I think she definitely needs to, like, show and tell, but definitely after they're on the same page, maybe she should start the prompts. And I think that this is how we actually build our Slutbot stories, but the Slutbot messages are made up of three parts. So the first part is you acknowledge what the person just said. The second part is new content. And the third part is a question to keep the conversation going. So mm-hmm. that that's the best way to keep a sexting conversation going. And, and if you include those three parts, you're making the person feel heard and also keeping a new prompt going so that the other person doesn't have to like work as hard. Yeah. 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 That's, so like, that's great advice. With regards to the, the formula there, it's like one of the ones I got earlier was just, I love hearing what you enjoy. I want to hear you whisper in my ear how good it feels. And then what would you say to me? Which is like, you can take that and you can use that kind of anywhere great you know and the other thing is we briefly talked about it at the beginning it's like that translates so well to in-person like sexy talk like that is something that i would love a partner to say to me like while we are getting hot and heavy um Mm. so i i think all these things that like the the more you practice with with sexting i think or the more practiced you'll be at at saying these things to your partner in person and i think you'll see some pretty good results from it <laughs> I do like how a lot of the advice for this question in particular could literally just be go on Slutbot. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, initiate the way you want to be spoken to, I think is a very good, like it's, it's perfect advice because it, it's true, right? They'll see what you want because you're kind of providing it. You ready for another one? Mm-hmm. This yep. is by Modern66. How do I, 22 year old male, reject this girl nicely? Hey, everyone. I go to the gym four to five times a week. And right after Halloween, a girl approached me and asked if I could spot her. I said yes, and she's basically followed me around ever since. I was stupid and accepted her follow request on Instagram, and now she won't stop messaging me. She only stops when I tell her I'm busy, and then is like, did you see my message? It's cringe. Now, this girl is super attractive, but I just don't gel with her personality. I'm a massive nerd, but don't look like one, and she's just too rude to other people. I don't want to switch gyms, and I don't want to cause drama. I've already told her I just want to be friends slash I'm not looking for a girlfriend, but she keeps flirting. I'm giving her one word replies and she still won't catch on. I even told her I don't like her in that way. So the direct approach doesn't seem to be working. Lol. People have read it. What do I do? And in this case, people have fuck buddies podcast. (laughs) That's hard. It sounds like he's already done some direct communication there. So if he's already made it super clear and said, I'm not interested in you in this way. I'm sorry, can we take a little bit of a pause, hang out less frequently, talk more frequently? If he's already done all that, then it it does seem like a really difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this is where, I, I mean, it sucks. And this is specifically why um, there was a woman in my boxing gym that I, you know, I, I had a little crush on and, and we got talking a few times and we had run into each other out and about in the city a couple times and I specifically made the choice not to pursue anything with her specifically because like the gym is is a place that I don't want to feel weird it's already kind of a weird enough experience for me to to go and work out or do something so like last thing I want to do is also be like ah there's that girl that's here that like it didn't really work out with so I kind of keep and I often encourage people to do the same of being like, yeah, there are attractive people at the gym for sure, but let them, let them fucking work out. Don't try to hit on them, leave them be, let them work out. And like, if it happens naturally, sure. Cool. But like, I think it's such a bad, bad idea to, to hit on people or uh, interact with people in a romantic way in locations that you're not willing to give up. Like 
if you ever ask the bartender out at your local bar and she says no, it's like, you got to stop going there. <laughs> so so don't ask out the hot bartender at your local. Um, and I think this is unfortunately one of those situations where it's like you kind of goofed, even though it didn't seem like he really hit on her. Yeah. yeah. So I think one of these, I think it might just have to either stop responding or block her. I think, yeah, like what I would say block her because it's like at this point, you've given them all the options and all the chances to, to end things gracefully. And it's like, at this point, if they're not picking up the hint one, like a blocking's not all that offensive. Right. But like, it also might be the one thing that gets through and either way, you're going to stop those messages coming. So then you only have to worry about it at the gym, at which point you could just, you know, wear headphones and just be like, no, I think I'm just going to do a solo workout today and hope they finally get the message. I think that would be my approach until she unclips your weights. <laughs> you drop 500 pounds on your knees. Well, that's true. Okay, well, yeah. how do you avoid that, Dane? You literally have to get a new gym. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, I I would be so uncomfortable working out with someone that like wouldn't take no for an answer. Multiple different ways in which I've said no. And then I had to block like someone tells me she's not going to react to this in a cool way. Maybe. Maybe like do a like a rolling approach where you first stop replying and if that doesn't do anything and I've I've dated someone or like not even dated. I hooked up with someone maybe three times and they literally started messaging me all the time to a point where like I kind of said I wasn't looking for anything very similar to this. And when I said that they were like, oh, yeah, no worries. Like, it's very funny that you thought this was getting serious because for me, it's definitely not serious. And I was like, oh, okay cool. I'm glad we're on the same page. And then she started messaging me constantly. And then when I finally stopped replying, she started finding bits of information on like my various social media and like messaging me about like my favorite show that she just started watching and my favorite book that she just started reading. And it got pretty bad to the point where I had to say it again, very kind of definitively and then block her on a bunch of stuff. And then she broke into my apartment and left me birthday presents. So it, it eventually she stopped contacting me, but so you just have to let it get to the point of home invasion and then she'll go away. It wasn't that dramatic. She hoodwinked my elderly landlord, but that wasn't also very chill either. <laughs> How is that any better? It's slightly better than someone like busting the door down. Anyway, we need to get back to advice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would I would try to go, go for the, the direct communication, then like a slow fade out <laughs> where I'm just like responding to one every five messages or something like that mm -hmm. and then if it still didn't work i would unfortunately remove myself from the situation so yeah. do gyms do a block that kind of thing i think another suitable way to do it is the next time you go into your gym put on a fake mustache and if she comes over and, and talks to you be like oh no no that's my twin brother and he's been <laughs> dead for 20 years <laughs> and then just kind of slowly walk away from her. Or just slowly make yourself more and more repulsive, I guess. Yeah, start going to the gym and not working out. And just slam a bunch of burgers while you're there. And reverse workout. Until <laughs> she is no longer obsessed with you. Just like, don't shout. Or like, find go to her social media, find what she doesn't like, and then get really into that. <laughs> he could also, like... If it's that, I don't know how bad it is. If it's that bad, he could submit a complaint with the gym. Yeah, I know. Like, if if the in person stuff is like any way weird, uh, I, I know a few people who have had to do that at gyms. So, like, most of the time, the staff are pretty chill. So that's definitely an approach. Yeah, I imagine gyms get this kind of bullshit all the fucking time. I know my gym is especially good for this. I've seen. There was this dude who was like, I think I've talked about it before, just being the absolute biggest douche of like walking from station to station where women are working out and be like, oh, here, let me correct your form or, you know, let me spot you or let me do this. And uh, two of the guys who don't even work there were just like big gym guys were like, hey, man, let me let me help you with your form. And then just kind of bullied him into working out with them. And then uh, and then our gym guy was at the front desk. He was like, cool, uh, we're just going to need your fob. And he's like, why? He's like, yeah. You're not welcome here anymore. And just kick the guy out. So I'm sure, I'm sure the gyms are used to having to deal with, you know, minor gym stalkers. 
Um, this one isn't uh, sort of text or anything based. This is just a, a regular good old fashioned question. This is uh, Sheffield Lad 92. Girlfriend wants me to cheat on her. I don't know how to respond. My girlfriend has asked me to cheat on her and says she wants me to tell her about it afterwards. Obviously, the thought of fucking another girl turns me on, but I feel like if I do it, I might or she might regret it and it might damage her relationship. I've talked to her about it and she says it won't damage our relationship. It's a turn on for her, but I'm convi- I'm conflicted in how I feel. Any advice would be great. I really like this question. <laughs> so I'm non-monogamous. And I think that if both parties are aware of the act, it's immediately not cheating. So I think mm-hmm. the vocabulary used in this question is odd to me. It sounds like the two people are interested in exploring an open relationship. And that can take many, many, many different forms. I'm in a more non-monogamous relationship where I have had threesomes, I've gone to play parties, and my girlfriend and I actually date people separately on our own as well. And maybe that's something they need to sit down and have a long conversation about what they're looking for and why and what their boundaries are. So before they do anything, they need to have, like I said, a very long conversation and even make a Google doc or write it down what their agreement. Yeah. I think parameters are key here, you know, because just you can go out and hook up with someone is, you know, very vague. Uh, I'm sure that doesn't cover, for example, like, oh, at our place or at their place or with a condom or without a condom or, you know, someone I know, someone you know, someone we'll see regularly. Uh, Those are all, I think, things you definitely need to hammer out before engaging in anything like this. It's also one of those things you have to understand of like, for me, my big red flag for this is the dude says he's conflicted. And I think that if there's something in your gut saying, hey, this isn't a good idea or I'm not super comfortable with this, uh, you have to do exactly what Brianna says and sit down with them and talk about it and get to a point until you are no longer conflicted. If 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 you get to the point where you can't not be conflicted about this, then this might not be for you. And as much as you want to, you know, sleep with someone else because it'd be fun or, you know, appeal to your girlfriend's fetish or kink or turn on or whatever if it's not something that sits right with you you're not obliged to do it and until it sits right with you you shouldn't do it because that's how uh that is how relationships get damaged because even if she doesn't get weird about it even if she this is something that she does want you might feel real weird about it and that can manifest in all sorts of different ways in you know you could end up resenting her for you know doing this thing that you didn't really want to do um, so there's a lot of ways that it can it can rear its ugly head in the future if you're still conflicted. So find a way to not be conflicted or don't do it. Yeah, and they need to figure out, she needs to reflect on why this is a desire of hers because maybe she'll realize actually she wants more of a threesome. Maybe she's in the room watching or does is it really important to her to hear about the details afterwards because that's part of her desire. And I think there also needs to be realistic expectations around here that if you open a relationship up, it's very rarely one-sided. So if he's sleeping with people without her, then he needs to be comfortable with her potentially doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. But this is a very daunting topic, I think, for people to start. So what I would recommend is actually listening to this podcast called Multi Amory. It's a podcast all about non-monogamy and open relationships. And on their website, they have hundreds of podcast episodes. So it's a little overwhelming knowing where to start. But on their website, they actually have a page that says start here. And it lists maybe like six or eight episodes that are very fundamental and help you figure out how to start having these conversations with your partner to see if this is even interesting to them. I think a lot of people have fantasies about exhibitionism, like maybe you're other partner watching you fuck someone else um, or people have fantasies even about cheating and infidelity and things like that. And I think that's totally normal. It's just, there needs to be a lot of caution involved and a lot of communication. Yeah. One of the things I've, I've talked to friends who have wanted this sort of situation. And one of the things I've always suggested is uh, I was like, role play, have a fantasy in which you describe the act that you like, 
make it up, you know, make up a person be like, yeah, I met up with a guy at a bar and run through what you guys did in your mind, make up the scenario and tell your partner and then let your partner see how that feels and gauge their reactions in a more fantastical setting before you do it for real. I know it's not a direct one for one correlation of emotions of being like, well, I know this is fake, so I I find it much more hot. But I think a lot of people might also be like, oh, hmm, maybe I'm not as into this as I as I might be. Or you might be like, yes, I'm doubling down and this is definitely something I want to do. So please, like now go ahead and find someone for real and, and do this with. I also think it's important to like if your partner's telling you something that they want to do or that they love like to to trust them in a way because a lot of his reticence seems to come from the fact that he doesn't believe that she means what she's saying um and it's like she's your partner you know if you guys sit down and have a chat and you know really hammer out the parameters and all that it's like if you have a problem with it but you feel like you can't say that because you know a lot of the time men aren't supposed to back away from sex you know what i mean or something or any other reason it's like that's fine if it's coming from you but like if your only reason not to is just that you don't believe your partner that seems like also another conversation i like the role play advice a lot and i think also there's other ways to explore things you want to do before you actually do them so maybe watch a porn about infidelity desires or like you're saying, role play it out or read an erotic story about it and talk about how it would make you feel. I think there's great ways to just like dip your toe before you go all out. Yeah. And if like if you do need a, a space between the imaginary and doing the, the, the act for real, go to a bar and be like, OK, that woman, that's a woman that I would I would cheat on you with or, you know, quote unquote, cheat on you with um, and that also gives a tangible, you know, actual face of being like, oh, okay, all right. And and slowly work your way towards it as opposed to, as Brianna has mentioned, like non-monogamy is not something you just jump into. It's not a, you know, a switch that you get to flick after, you know, over drinks and be like, yes, we are now non-monogamous. Click without a fair amount of conversation and and communication and preparation and talking and and knowing what you guys are going to be doing so to just sort of be like jump into the deep end which is you know i would imagine this is kind of a a more advanced kind of play um it it, i would i would play with more traditional non-monogamy before going right into something like this just to test the waters oh yeah um so that just about does it for our questions, but at the end of the episode, we like to uh, get on online dating and peruse online dating profiles to comb them for red flags or anything that might be uh, suspicious in an effort to make your online dating experience a little more enjoyable. Are you ready to rate some some Tinder profiles? Oh yeah, perfect. Now, do you want to start us off? Sure. Uh, I'll go first with uh, Shannon about me hiking. Horror, horoscopes, and halliteration. <laughs> okay, I like that. I'm going to give that... I'm going to give it a 7. I'm going to give it a 9, because it's funny, and I at least get something about her. Yeah, I like it too. I agree with the 7. Uh, this is Vlada. I have many bilfs, in brackets, books I'd like to finish. Can be comparable to a hearty bowl of soup in a shitty microwave. Slow to warm up. I'm a big fan of artsing and craftsing, walking from point A to B, good food, good company. She, her, vaxxed. That's great. I'm giving it a 10. I'm, I'm going to give it an 8. See, I also have a lot of books I'd love to finish, and <laughs> I've made a lot of soup this week, so it's also a pretty funny simile. I feel like these profiles are clever, but they have absolutely no information to show me if I want to go on a date with them or what they're looking for. And I'm all about very intentional dating over just being funny. So I, I'll give that another seven. I mean, it's a 10 for wit. But again, like these, these people don't really know how to write a dating profile, I would say. They're just writing like cute little bios for Twitter. Sadly, like these are actually the cream of the crop. Though. Yeah, Brianna, we've, we've got, uh, boy, have I got some profiles for you later on. Okay, I think I'm used to like 
maybe some queer dating world or something people are a little more vulnerable i would say that like like dating intelligent because they they know like where they are and where they want to be and what they want and like the terminology and the specificity is so different with like gay dating from what i've seen them like straight people are fucking they just say the stupidest shit what are you doing (laughs) i feel like nine out of ten profiles that we give a very high rating are from like people queer people It, it almost seems like it is across the board much better profiles so i would 100% agree with you for example we have stephanie if you're a leftist i'm swiping left on you and that's it oh wow like oh. i don't have any problem with that but like if i saw that i would think you are just looking for one night stands and you don't give a fuck about who swipes on you cuz that's like so unspecific yeah, it's just like weirdly bitter. And it's like, if that's the only thing you can bring to the table, zero. <laughs> um, so this is this is this is a profile. Uh, this is Jamie Michelle. My name is Monica. I'm a separated woman with no hopes of reconciling with my estranged husband. I do, however, share custody of our son with him so we can co-parent our son. I'm broken. It's been almost two years since we separated. And I think I'm looking to find friends first. If you're looking for sex, don't swipe right on me. I also have two types of cancer, leukemia and uterine cancer. So not very sexual to begin with. Looking for genuine connections, not fake ones. I feel like I'm going to give her an A for vulnerability, but the approach is off. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe the, the location of the approach also off, I think. Yeah, I think she's going to, I mean... It's just very negative in tone and you're not going to attract people with low self-esteem and negativity. I think the phrase estranged husband should never be on your dating profile. Agree. Mm -hmm. I don't think that is, that is a, like you could say divorced. If you want to say you're divorced, that's fine. I don't also think it's super relevant, but if that's something that you need to get out there, get out there. But the phrase estranged husband paints such a vivid picture to me. And it is not a picture I want hanging on any wall. Fair. Definitely. And I think some of the more serious items about children and health, you you save for a second or third date. Yeah, for sure. Also, this profile just makes me very sad. This poor person. I hope someone gives her a hug like right now. Yeah. I mean, like, I kind of wish this was a like a support app over a dating app. Like, I, I just want to have a conversation and be like, you're not broken. You know, you're going through some tough times. That's fine. We all do it. I hope you feel better. I hope you beat this cancer. You got this. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's it's not, no, it's not great. So yeah. I, I think, again, I'm giving it a 10 for them to feel better and a zero for me to not want to date them. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd go five because I want them to be okay, but I don't think they're going about it the right way. <laughs> I agree with the five. Um, this is Natalia. I'm boring. Haven't been here for a while. What's new? Nice. that that specific no in that tone is pretty much how i feel just opening up any dating app these days just a dejected no just defeated (laughs) like no one on any profile or anywhere in any you should never call yourself boring if you bore yourself you need to get your shit in order and if you don't why would you downplay yourself Yeah, I think some people think that, I mean, self-deprecating humor is funny. I like it, Mm -hmm. but it only works if you know the person and you respect them first. Also, that's not even funny, though. You know what I mean? It's like the humor part. They just got they got the self-deprecating part down, but not the humor part. Right. No, no. self. I just don't think it works in a Tinder bio like because you don't know the person yet. No, you got to be confident there. Also, like, we talk about not having anything to go by. Literally, like, I'm boring and what's what's new on Tinder? Like, what? What is that? You get, yeah, one for sure. Yeah, I'm going to give it a one as well. Uh, this is Jordan. I have a tattoo on my butt that just says soup, and I'd be happy to show you. <laughs> <laughs> it's at least, like, cute. If, again, they're just looking for, like, a one-night stand. Yeah, it's definitely a good hook because it's a little sexy because you get to see a butt, possibly. It's bizarre because why soup? Like, I want to know more. Yeah, it's at least a I want to ask a question. Yeah. 
opener. Yeah, I would definitely be like, are it is it just soup and why? Mm-hmm. Also, butt soup is not great, so yeah. there really needs to be a good reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give it an eight because it's funny and it would like less so that I would want to date them, but definitely I would want to swipe because I'd need to know the story behind the soup and they 100%. seem funny. Yeah, I would. It, it would get the swipe from me, so I'm gonna give it an eight as well. All right, hit me with one more now. Pick one or two. Actually, Brianna gets to pick one or two. Yeah. Two. All right. This is Catherine. Let me sleep in your stupid t-shirts and hold your freaking hand, you piece of shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> this has strong Lola from Big Mouth energy. Yes, it does. I love Lola. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> it's I mean, a powerful it energy. Yeah, it works for some people. I'm going to give it, like, again, it's... I don't think it's a good profile, but it is one that I would want to swipe right on. So I'm going to give it an eight. It does it does its job. <laughs> yeah, I, I can get behind a seven or an eight. Yeah, you know what? It's a fun kind of energy. It's like probably, yeah, it's it's weird because it's a mix of a few different ones we've seen that have been negative, but it works well. This is the thing. It's like it's the, the phrasing and like what they're saying in it with the negativity is enough to make like actually color it with humor exactly. as opposed to other people who are like i fucking hate tinder and i hope everyone dies it's like <laughs> okay yeah now i'm thinking i'm in eight zone too all right well thank you very much for listening friends this has been our episode uh brianna thank you very much for hanging out with us you have been a delight and learning about slut butt has been definitely the highlight of my week and i'm going to tell everyone about it Speaking of telling everyone about it, where can people find Slutbot? Yeah, thanks so much. I've had fun chatting too. For Slutbot, it's really simple. You don't have to download anything. You just put your phone number in on our website and then the bot texts you. And it'll just be like a regular phone number in your text messages that you can uh, message back and forth with. And so our website is juicebox it.com so just the word juice box and then an i and then a t.com amazing so if you just google the word slut bot will definitely come up i also love so we title our episodes ridiculous things oftentimes ridiculous shit that we have spiraled into because of tangents and i feel like slut bot has definitely been like could be a title of one of our episodes (laughs) completely independently of of having you on or and talking about slutbot like it just seems like something that uh that we would have maybe come up with if if we've been left to our devices long enough maybe the term i don't know if we'd you know a hundred percent yes the the term the word slutbot for sure the but actual it would definitely concept be something way less cool and way less actually fully realized and useful (laughs) do you have anything else going on that you want to talk about this is your your chance to to stand upon our soapbox um and 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 talk about anything that you might want to talk about any any causes or anything that are important to you um i think i was just gonna share that i hope people will kind of think about sex in a more open-minded way I think being queer straight people could learn a lot from queer sex and how it doesn't have to be so prescriptive not everything Mm -hmm. has to be like penis and vagina actually you know just having oral sex or just fingering is also sex (laughs) Uh, I think that that's one of the things I'm like really passionate about is helping people expand their minds on what sex is and how they can enjoy sex so I hope that through Slutbot or even just by listening to this, people can learn about it. And I do want to plug that we have a very sexy holiday story coming out right around Christmas. So I hope people will sign up now so that by the time Christmas comes around, they'll be able to participate in the sexy Santa role play. Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, there's nothing better. Like, you know, if you go home and and maybe, you know, you're not a big fan of the the, the whole family scene, you could just sneak away to your room and... Have slut pot. Yeah. yeah. Just keep exactly. you warm on a cold winter night. Absolutely. Thank you very much for listening, friends. Uh, we have had a great time today and we appreciate you spending an hour of your time with us. It means the world to us. If you would like to support the show or send in a question, head on over to fbuddiespodcast.com. You can click the contact form, fill it out. We'll give you an agent name or you can give yourself an agent name. And if you'd like to support the show, 
pop on over to our Patreon with the Patreon link uh, for $7. You get a extra episode every month called Pillow Talk where we get a little wild and a little sexier. Um, so that is a great way to show your support. If money is tight, that's cool. We get it. The pandemic, Christmas, it's wild. Um, just share our link or tell a friend. And that means the world to us as well. Thank you, Josh Eagle and the Harvest Cities for their song, Paper Stars. And at the end of the episode, Niall likes to read a little bit of, and this is something that I think you'll appreciate, some really bad sex writing. (laughs) Now, do I like to read it? (laughs) No one likes it. Yeah, this is by Brent Weeks. He's a fantasy author uh, who I haven't read. And having read this, I may not, in fact, read him. They're great, Kylar said. He coughed. Your grays, that is. Not just your, not that your breasts, I mean, style is perfect for you. Just over the line between sexy and obscene. She refused to take offense. First I take their attention, then I take their life. It looks cold. This time, he didn't look at her breasts. Barely, despite the small attention-getters standing at attention on top of her large attention-getters. Yikes. I was like, hey, this isn't terrible until that little gem at the end. So don't hire that guy for Slutbot. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Unless you like twist off into like an evil slut bot that shows you how not to slay sex. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's alter ego. Yeah. yeah. Slut bot with a goatee. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Dane Miller. And I'm Nile Spain. I'm Brianna Raider. And we've been your fuck buddies. <laughs>